So yeah, there's a couple of weeks left until Christmas. So um, now's a good time to start thinking about those last minute gifts that you need to get for people. And uh, what we're going to be talking about this week is uh, our kind of alternative holiday gift guide for the designers and developers programmers in your life. So um, hopefully none of this stuff is too typical, um, but it'll all be pretty useful and hopefully should be appreciated by those sorts of people. Definitely would appreciate this anyway. Mm. Moment. Yeah. So um, one thing that one thing that I would like anyway, as a, as a designer, um, is a, a good sketchbook. So you know, it's always good when you're doing uh, wireframing or just even taking notes just to have like a good quality book on your table yeah. at all times. Um, the one that I use is a a Behance dot grid sketchbook. Mm. Um, it's quite a large one. Well, it's a US size. It's not A4. It's slightly bigger than that. Um, yeah, and it's a really good quality paper. It lays flat when it's open. Yeah. Um, you know, the pens don't bleed through it. Nice. And uh, it's got the dot grid, so you can get nice sort of neat wireframing on there and get your sizes all right. Yeah, that's mm. one thing, the bleed thing. Um, I've, I've got one sketchbook that I'm currently using. It's about A5 size, and it bleeds through the other side. And I, I paid about six, seven quid for it. And I don't know, maybe it's the type of ink I'm using. I think this dot grid uh, Behance one is um, more around the sort of 15 pounds mark, 15 to 20 pounds mark. Right, okay. Um, yeah. They may be cheaper now. I bought it a little while ago. Mm. And um, yeah, that's one of the things, that's the quality of the paper, so that when you are using, when you are inking your, your sketches afterwards, yeah. Um, whether you're using like markers or highlighters or even like just fine line pens, yeah, um, yeah, you don't get too much bleed. You still get a little bit, obviously, mm. um, especially if you're using like a sharpie, and you will. Yeah, but for most pens, it's pretty good. Just means you're not wasting the other side of the paper as much. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I just can't use the other side, so yeah, I'll have a look at that one as well. Might have to invest. Yeah, so get yourself, get your designers a, a nice set of sketchbooks. Uh, maybe throw in some pens and pencils as well if they're, you know, if you want to get mm. like a set of things. Um, just to point out, what we're trying to aim for this list is gifts that are sort of below £100, £100, 100 euros, whatever your local currency is. So things that won't break the bank. Maybe you could get someone, uh, you know, a couple of these things off this list uh, if you're feeling generous as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what about programmers? What do programmers love? Programmers. Oh, that's a. Well, that's quite. That's a thing, isn't it? I'm a bit of everything. So, you know, I might like um, headphones. Headphones definitely um, a big one. I recently invested in a in a set of um, uh, Beats by Dre, the wireless ones. Uh, but they're they're more than a hundred quid. So, if we're looking at, um, I don't know which ones you probably look at. Well, the thing is, you can get some pretty good noise-cancelling headphones. That's what I find hard. I find that so difficult to find noise-cancelling ones for under 100 quid, like a decent one, like a reputable kind of brand. Well, the ones that I use at work, they're the Sennheiser HD 400S. I can't remember the exact uh, model number. I basically did a review of them on YouTube uh, a little while ago. Right, okay. And they were £70, and they are pretty good. They're not. They're good for when you're using them at your desk, because one thing they haven't got is a... Um, they don't have an inline volume control, which uh, is the only thing that I don't like about them. But they've got an inline mic, so they're good for conference calls. And cool. then the actual sound quality is is decent as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they are. It's, it hasn't got active noise cancelling, but they've got quite a, a sealed background where, you know, it blocks out all the sound from around the office. Right. But um, you can get sort of in ear headphones for around about thirty to fifty pounds as well, uh, which have noise cancelling in them. Um, they may not necessarily be your 
top brands, mm. you know, your Sennheiser or your Apple or, uh, you know, Beats. But, um, you know, the quality is just as good, uh, if not better, in some of these anyway. So, okay. um, yeah, it's worth shopping around and you can probably get some really good odds. And, um, you know, it's it's a good thing for, for programmers and designers and everyone else as well because mm. it allows you to block out your environment and just focus on your work. Yeah, because I've got a set of Philips on at the moment. They don't have any noise cancelling on them or anything like that. But they are pretty good. I mean, I can't hear anything in the background, but you can, you know, you can pick up certain noises here and there. They're not, you know, as good as probably the Sennheiser ones. Well, check out the show notes and we'll um, pull out a couple of suggestions and um, you can use that as a starting point at least. Yeah, that'd be cool, uh, yeah. Headphones are one of those things. It's very personal taste, isn't it? Mm. Okay, cool. Um Another one I've got on the list is um, possibly a drone. Now, drones, once again, they um, they range in price quite a lot, depending mm. on the size that you want. You can get some fairly small mini drones for mm. around 10 to 20 pounds. Yeah. Um, but then you can get some pretty large, you know, multi-bladed drones with cameras on them. Yeah, the crazy ones, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, much longer range mm. for hundreds and hundreds. So something mid-range. Um, you can get something with at least a HD camera on there. You may not get 4K footage, but um, as a Christmas present, um, it's probably probably good enough. And especially if it's the first drone that anyone's ever used, it's probably a good you know practice drone. Yeah, I think to I'd, see if they really. I'd like it. that. Um, that would be something I'd like to get into uh, you know, drones and stuff. I know someone who's got you know like he spent about eight nine hundred pounds on one, the Phantom, I think it's called. Um, but definitely to get started, it'd be really nice to get all these little miniature kind of, you know, tiny ones that, you know, does everything. If it's got the video capability on it, brilliant. Um, but that's not really necessary. It's a case of just, you know, learning how to pilot the thing, isn't it? Yeah. And you can even get small ones which you can fly around your house as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, you might bump into your TV now and then, but <laughs> they're small enough where they shouldn't cause any real damage. Mm. So you want to look for the more... Um, more of a toy drone rather than a professional yeah, yeah. filming drone mm. um, in that sort of budget. And I don't know if there's any rules with flying a drone. I don't know. You, you, for something uh, for that sort of size. I think it's built into them now. They were saying that because um, the legislation was passed after what happened at Heathrow Airport. Um, or was it Gatwick Airport? I can't remember now. Gatwick. Yeah. So there, there's some kind of thing in there now. It doesn't allow them to go over. Well, no, that's I tell a lie. You can go to any height you want, but it kind of warns you right, on there. So, yeah, I read about that. Um, but it doesn't limit you on your height and stuff because people can reverse engineer these things anyway. So you, you can... And I suppose that. if they're being sold on the likes of Amazon and so on, then yeah. they're made for the public. So exactly. you can't expect do? everyone to you know, go and apply for a drone license. Yeah, exactly. To yeah. go and play with a toy. So yeah. anyway, that's one to consider. Mm. Go on then. You take the next one. The next one? Okay. Um Related to what we're doing, um, it's, a, it's a web dev course, and that's uh, the. I actually subscribed to this. I think it was for you. I think you might have sent the link to me, or I was another friend of mine. Um, it's how I, you know, started getting involved with JavaScript and learning JavaScript. Um, so it's wesboss.com uh, forward slash courses, and it's it's just a really good um, place for you to like learn. JavaScript, especially for a beginner, um, it's got practical um, lessons on there. So you can actually, when you're actually learning and creating code, you're actually using it for something. You're actually building something. 
and it's functional and you can figure out what's going on and you know what what parts of the code do what in that particular project that you're working on. Um, so we've got um, a discount code for, for the courses on wearsboss.com and if you use inspect, I-N-S-P-E-C-T, um, you get $10 off um, your course. Is that a subscription that we're getting? Uh, it's just it's $10 off any of the courses. Any of the yeah. courses, okay, cool. Yeah, any of the paid courses, obviously. And um, Wes has just released his uh, beginner JavaScript course. Uh, he just launched it last week. So uh, now's a good time as any to get hold of that. Uh, he had a Black Friday deal on. So if you did miss that, then if you use code inspect, then you can just still get $10 off the, the current price now. Yeah, I remember his 30-day um, JS thing that he was doing. I think it was a challenge. Um, that's when I got involved. Um, and that, that was brilliant. Just flying yeah, through Yeah, that those. was a free one. Yeah, that was a free course. Um, but yeah, like I said, he's got a few paid courses, a few free courses. Um, so yeah, you could invest in a, one of the free courses mm. and um, buy that either for yourself or buy it for a friend, uh, buy a license for it. And uh, yeah, get yourself $10, $10 off by using yeah. the code inspect. So thanks, Wes, for that. Yeah, appreciate it. Okay, another one. This is probably, I think this is quite a cool one. Uh, you could get someone a streaming service gift card. So this could be a gift card to say Spotify or Netflix or Apple Music or whatever, really. There's, mm. there's so many streaming services out there now. And yeah. um, all of them seem to have some sort of gift card where you can purchase for other people. Uh, what I found is that you can't really buy these gift cards from the services themselves. You need to go to like a supermarket or to the likes of Amazon or a third party and basically buy these gift cards and then just give them out. And essentially, you're just giving the money off. So you can choose how much you want to invest into that. You know, if you want to pay for a full year, then pay for a full year. You could pay for just three months worth. Um, but it's a it's a good way to get someone onto one of these streaming services, especially if they're always trying to use your account. Amazon are doing a really good one at the moment. Um, Amazon Music, you get unlimited, and it's 99p for four months. Okay. So, But I don't know if there's a gift card um, or a gift voucher link to that. Um might be worth looking into, but 99p for four months, you can't go wrong. And that's yeah. unlimited as well. Yeah, best thing, just check the streaming services websites first and see if they offer a gifting option. Um, from what I found, most of them don't. And then otherwise, you can look at anywhere where they sell gift cards to other um, other stores. And you should be able to find one for yeah, at least Netflix, Spotify, and Apple Music, if, if nothing else. Alrighty, cool. What else you got? Uh, mini consoles. Um, I don't know when these became all the rage, um, maybe a couple of years ago. What was the first mini console that came out? Was it the SNES or the NES? I think it was the Super Nintendo came out before the NES. Right. Yeah. Okay. But one, one of those two. Well, my wife bought me one last Christmas and I've been so bad. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even open to bloody thing. And the crazy thing is this week I just ordered a, I needed an RCA to HDMI converter. That's the only thing. It comes with the old school connection. Um, but yeah, that's being set up uh, tonight, so I'll be playing on that. But these things are crazy. So you don't even have to be a hardcore gamer. Um, everyone likes to get involved in computer games, right? Some way, shape, or form. Whether you just want to, you know, play a little bit or really get involved in a, you know, story-led game. Um, but these consoles, these are the old school um, consoles. I think everyone kind of got in, got involved with a Sega Mega Drive or a, you know, a Super Nintendo or even a Commodore sixty four. Um, I remember the Atari, uh, the old school Atari um, and the Spectrum and things like that. So 
I've got the Mega Drive, but you've got you've also got the uh, the NES. There's a SNES version of it, and I think there's a there's a Genesis one as well. So that's the American version of the Mega Drive. Yeah, um, there's also the the PlayStation One as well. Yeah, PS One. It's a mini mini console as well. It's, it's good because obviously it doesn't. It's quite small. It doesn't take the discs. Yeah, the games are built in. I don't think you can add any more games to it. No, but um, they tend to come with all the classics. Um, so it should be enough to just relive some of that nostalgia. Yeah, that's that's why I'm going to set it up because you know sometimes you just want to you know blast 10, 15 minutes on some non-serious gaming, and that could be you know Golden Axe or something on the Mega Drive, Mortal Kombat, you know the good retro stuff that we used to play back in the day. Simple stuff, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we've got a um, we've got a Super Nintendo at work in the office, um, a, a, a mini one, and um, yeah, it's set up in our in our breakout room mm. and um yeah i used to just go in there at lunchtime sometimes and go and play a little bit of a link to the past or a little bit of mario kart nice yeah and uh, like you said it's not serious gaming nah. it's just it's good fun you know it brings it's got that nostalgia feel to yeah it. um you know the controllers are the original ones mm. um the only thing that i don't like about them is that they still come with wired controllers yeah um it would be nice if they were wireless but mm. you know that's what keeps the cost what it is and most of these are around about 60 pounds to buy exactly yeah um it's only the super nintendo one which is a little bit more expensive mm. but i suppose that's one of the more popular ones yeah definitely definitely yeah okay cool. cool um right developers designers you know we tend to we tend to have the stereotype of liking coffee so um another idea is you can get them a a mini espresso machine so the product is called a, a nanopresso and basically what it is, is a small water flask, which has a, uh, a little cartridge in there where you can compress the air. And um, when you compress the air, it creates pressure, which you then use to force the water through the espresso, you know, the coffee grounds to create your espresso, because uh, that's how you create an espresso with um, with pressurized water. And um, yeah, it's a it's sort of thing. It's pretty portable. It's like the size of a small water bottle. And um, yeah, it's a good way to get get an espresso without having a you know a machine that you've got to plug in and something that you can just pop into your bag yeah i had a meeting uh, with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago and he, it was in the morning and he just busted his thing out and i was like what the hell is this he didn't say a word and he just done the thing and i was like i can't believe what i'm seeing right now a portable espresso machine it's crazy so yeah that had to go on the list so yeah man I definitely need to get my hands on one of those yeah nice Okay, cool. Um, so next we've got the the Raspberry Pi. Now, I'm not too sure how many people know about this thing, but um, it's a clever piece of kit, and it allows you to, um, you know, build and create anything you want, really, um, using like circuit board and different sort of components and parts and pieces. And my cousin got his hands on one, and he created a, a little games console with an emulator on there, so he's able to play. Nintendo 64 games, Super Nintendo games, and things like that. But you can literally create anything with these things. Um, I know somebody else who created a like a remote control, like a universal remote or something, to work with any kind of smart TV. Um, so pretty powerful piece of kit. Um, I've not actually used one. I wouldn't mind trying one of these things out. I don't know if you've used one yourself. No, no, I haven't really used one myself. Um, I've got a colleague at work who's done similar to what you're saying and created a little console, mm. um, created an emulator, and uh, another one who uses it to power their some of their smart devices. Yeah, yeah. But essentially, it's a it's like a it's a Linux computer, mm. a tiny Linux computer in a box, has Wi-Fi built in. 
It has Bluetooth, it has HDMI outputs, USB inputs. Um, I think some of them even have like infrared sensors on them. Uh, there's lots of different configurations you can get from Raspberry Pi. Um, so when, I, when so, I first heard about these, they were really basic. It didn't have any of that kind of stuff on it. It was very, very basic stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, crazy. these things are getting better and better every every year. Um, and uh, you can configure them as well. So you can buy these Raspberry Pi kits, which have um, all the all the hardware, all the software, and like a, a getting started guide in there. Mm. And um, there's a whole community base around these as well, where you can, uh, you know, download software from other people. And, and uh, yeah, there's a big community of people just helping out and how to configure them. So, yeah, there's some pretty creative solutions that you can create with these. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, definitely worth trying. And they're pretty cheap as well. Mm. All right, cool. So um, before we get into the next one, I just want to take a moment to tell you about today's sponsor. We're sponsored today by Sticker Mule. Now, you guys know who Sticker Mule are. They're the guys who create those... Uh, sticker that you see on the backs of everyone's laptops. Now, StickerMule have just released this new tool called Trace, which is a free tool, and it's for instantly removing the background from any photo that you upload. So all you do is you upload your photo, and then the Trace machine learning and AI will recognize the complicated details of the main subject, and it'll basically cut out that subject from the photo, leaving you with a transparent background. After you trace the object, you can then download the image with a transparent background, or you can replace the background with another image or with a color. And then you can also even use that image to go and get some die cut stickers printed from Sticker Mule as well. So it's a pretty cool tool. Um, it's something that you need to really play about with to see how it works. Trace is totally free to use. All you need is a Sticker Mule account, which is also free. So head over to stickermule.com forward slash trace today and start tracing your favorite photos. Thank you to Sticker Mule for sponsoring the show. Okay, and we're back. So while we're on the subject of Sticker Mule and stickers, um, another thing that you could get for your designer developer friends is a sticker pack for um, for them to use on their laptops. Now, you can buy sticker packs from pretty much anywhere, really. Uh, obviously, you can go to Sticker Mule and you can design your own um, and get some custom ones printed from there. And you can get them as sort of die-cut uh, stickers or square stickers, round ones, rounded corners, or any other shape that you can decide. Um, but you can also just go to uh, places like Amazon and buy ready-made sticker packs. Um, and you can get these for various different like themes. So you can get like programming ones or you can get design-related ones or you can get music-related ones. It doesn't have to be these sorts of topics. It can be whatever that person's interested in. Um, so yeah, pack of stickers shouldn't cost you too much. Five, 10, 15 pounds. You should be able to get you know a decent amount of stickers which they can then stick all over their laptop. Sounds good. And next we've got the Amazon Echo and Google Home. Now, I don't have one of these. You've got one of these, right? I've got a few of these, yeah. <laughs> You've got, got a few of these. <laughs> well, I've got a few Echoes and I've got a, a Google Home as well. Right. One. I've not got involved yet, but from what I know, they're pretty amazing and they pretty much automate everything in your life, right? Yeah. So Okay. So maybe I should take this one. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you got to take this one because... All right. All, all right. Yeah. All I know one. is... The basics, it will set an alarm for you, uh, play some music for you, things like that, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things that you can do, and there's so many third-party plugins that you can get for them as well, or apps, I suppose, right, okay. um, to do basically anything you want, really. Um, the Google Home that I've got, I've just got the small one, it's now called the Google Nest, I think. Um, I've got that here on my desk, and I mainly use that for setting timers, 
um, for controlling the heater, which I've got in my office, turning it on and off um, by voice because it's on the other side of the room. Right. And it also gives me notifications for meetings and things like that if I, if I have it turned on. Um, the Amazon Echoes we have in all the other rooms of the house. So we've got one in the lounge, in all the bedrooms. And those are used for music. They're used for smart lighting, turn smart plugs and stuff like that on and off. Cool. Um, we, I use them for the news in the morning. So just basically say, Alexa, read me the news or tell me today's headlines or whatever. And then, yeah, there's just there's just all sorts. You know, my kids use it for the homework sometimes yeah. um, to check how to spell words, which they know how to say but don't know how to spell. Right, okay. Uh, get the definitions of words, maybe get some facts about something for their homework. That's you know, pretty it cool. does a quick search on Wikipedia mm. if you haven't got your laptop close by hand. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, they're just really useful. And, obviously, all the home home automation stuff is is just brilliant. You know, you can you can go crazy with it. But they're pretty cheap to start with, um, the small ones, and um, they're really useful. So I definitely recommend getting one for someone who hasn't got one so far. Mm, I'm, I think I'm going to get one for myself this Christmas. It's yeah. Done. That sounds really cool. I, I didn't know you can get the plugins for them. That's that's crazy. I, I had no idea. To, to extend the functionality, right? Yeah, it's not really extending the functionality. The functionality is the same. It's mm. basically to tie into different services. Right, so, okay, different services that you've got running. So let's say, uh, like, from in my house, my thermostat is um, a company called Hive, Yeah, which is by British Gas, only available in the UK. And um, to make that work with voice commands, I need to install the Hive app right, I get to you. my Alexa account. So that, that's all it is. You just basically need to connect the two get accounts. You. Um, so that they recognize each other. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but you can install games on there as well. So you can have like a guess the song game. Oh, right. Okay. So you can say like to Alexa or Google, um, let's play guess the song. Yeah. And it'll play like a 10 second clip of a song. Right. And then you have to shout out the answer. That's pretty cool. So there's things like that. So it can be quite fun. Yeah. I don't really do that sort of stuff on it. Um, a bit more practical uses. But yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, no, the home automation side of it is really good. I mean, that's all the rage right now. Everyone's kind of going that that route. And I guess this is probably a cheaper um, way to get into home automation rather than spending, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds on, you know, pro kit and stuff like that, control Yeah, for... and it's it's um, it's one of the things that you definitely need because if mm. you're going to be automating your house, mm. you know, what's more automated than using your voice? You don't want to be pressing buttons on your phone. So it's a pretty essential bit of kit if you are trying to get into automation. Okay. Um, just just off the back of that as well, this isn't on our list, but I recommend getting some smart plugs as well. Because then with the smart plugs, you can turn any dumb device into a smart device. Cool. A, you know, a, de- a device that just needs to be turned on and off, like a lamp. Yeah. Um, you could just add it to a smart plug and off you go. That, that's really handy, actually. I'm definitely going to have to get myself one of these because we've got bedside lamps, right? And when we bought them, they have the touch-sensitive... Um, sort of uh, platform so you just tap it yeah and it sort of gets brighter and brighter but you've got to get the right bulb for it and it's a nightmare fun trying to find the bulbs for it so you never got around to getting the bulb so i'm thinking one of these things in there um yeah well a smart plug probably won't work with touch based lamps okay it needs to be something that you can where you can leave the lamp on Mm. it's it's, it needs to be a device which you can turn off from the plug socket Right, and turn okay. back on from there. So imagine if you turn the plug socket on and off. Yeah. If your lamp works, then yeah. it'll work. If you need to, if you need to use the actual device to turn the thing on and off, 
then it won't work. I just want to get that thing on and off. So it's you know it's got it goes into the plug and it's got on and off switch there. So it relies on that to be turned on and off. But you can control it by tapping on the thing. But I don't care about that. It's a case of uh, using the smart plugs with the uh, Amazon Echo or the Google yeah. Nest. That's, that's pretty cool. All right, cool. Nice. Go on, you take the next one. Okay, next we've got the wireless phone charger. I've got one of these. I've got three of these, actually. Um, I've got the official Samsung one, which is like a, a desktop kind of, it's, it's a standing one. So you put your phone on it and it kind of faces you on your desk, which is pretty cool. And then the other two are just round kind of like bases, which you just leave your phone on there. And it just charges your phone. And just, just don't worry about it. I mean, they're really handy. No wires involved, no clutter. Um, well, the, the actual device is has a wire on it, so that's plugged into maybe your um, laptop or something like that. But, you know, there's no additional wires from your phone going into it or anything like that. So, you know, it just makes sense, man. I, I, I don't know why these things didn't come about years ago. Um, give me a little rough uh, background on this. When I used to work at Carphone Warehouse, we watched this video by Motorola. Um, this was back in, what was it, 2001, 2002 maybe? And they released a video which showed us the future of mobile phones and, you know, mobile technology. And in that video, they showed us a table and you leave your phone on the table and it will just charge your phone. And that still hasn't been released yet for, for the consumers. I know they're out there, but it's not readily available for consumers to go and buy from the shop or anything like that. But uh, this is the closest we're going to get to it now. Um, wireless desktop chargers and things like that. But yeah. You know, pretty cool piece of kit and definitely worth investing in. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, you can get something similar to what you're saying, like this table thing from, mm. from IKEA. It's basically a table which has one of these wireless chargers mounted underneath it. It's mounted in there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. mounted underneath. So there's a particular spot on the right. table where you don't where you'd have to put your phone. It's not a case where you could just drop it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just got a wireless charger a couple of weeks ago because, like I said uh, on a previous episode, I got the new iPhone 11, mm. which now has wireless charging in it. Um, and it's good. I've got it on my desk. And, yeah, I've got the flat one, so it doesn't stand up. But, um, yeah, you don't need to mess around with the wires. Um, you just pop it on there and just leave it. And the, the thing I like about it the most is that the actual power cable comes out back. Yeah. It goes, you know, back and then down behind my desk. Yeah. Whereas, and so the, when I put my phone on there, mm. um, you know, the the phone is facing towards me. Yeah. And there's no cable sticking out of it. Exactly. Whereas if I was using a cable, then the cable would be coming out of the side that's facing me. Yeah. Uh, so then I'd have this wire across my desk. Um, so that's the thing I like about it the most is that the wires, you know, gone towards the back and out mm. of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So you just set it down and forget about it. Yeah. I don't know how, how good they are in terms of the speed at which they charge. The ones I've got, the Samsung one's pretty good. Um, the other two are, they're like unbranded kind of things. Um, they're not as fast as the Samsung one. It depends on the plug that you use with it. Right, okay. So the one I got as well, it, it didn't come with its own adapter. It only came with the cables. Right, okay. It came with, it came with two cables, a USB-A and a USB-C cable. And I've got it plugged into, a, um, into my dock that I've got on my desk, which is like an 85 watt power supply. Right. So it gets fast charging on that. But That's if I was to plug it into a, you know, the, the plug that came with the iPhone mm. or, or just any other USB plug, then it probably won't give me the right right power to do right. fast charging. 
and it'll just be like a normal triple charge then. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but you can get them with. You can buy wireless chargers with the adapter as well. Mm. But then they just you know obviously it's, it incorporates the cost of the adapter as well. Yeah. So if you buy one without the adapter, you can get them for around about fifteen to twenty pounds, mm. and with it, pretty much doubles or triples the price. Yeah. Goes to about forty-five to sixty pounds. Definitely worthwhile investing in that though. Yeah, because most modern phones now have wireless charging um, capabilities, so yeah. now is a good time to get one. A few years ago, maybe not so, but yeah, now is a good time. Especially for iPhone users, because those, those cables are notoriously known for, you know, breaking. Um, yeah, there's true. There's a constant bend in it, you know what I mean? Um, it's never been true. addressed. Um, no, of course. And they're not cheap either if you're going to buy original lightning cables. You know, one of those will cost you £30. You can buy a wireless charger for less than that. Exactly. So, Okay. Yeah, No-brainer. Yeah. Definitely. Um, while we're on the subject of charging, um, another one would be a portable power bank. Mm. So these come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, depending on how many devices you're planning on charging at once, how many charges you plan to get out of the device. But um, if you want a fairly small one, you can normally get like maybe two phone full phone charges out of there. And um, yeah, it's just a little battery pack that you can pop into your bag and plug in a cable. And it's just a normally a USB-A that comes out, a standard USB. Um, so you, you're you not restricted onto what you can charge with it. Um, you know, if you get a big enough one, you could probably even charge your laptop with it. But they're really handy. Um, I tend to always take one with me when I'm traveling abroad or, you know, going away for a couple of days. Even when I'm in the UK, just keep one in the bag. You just never know when you're going to need it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one as well. I'll make use of it, usually for um, a mobile phone. That's the, the main thing if I'm out and about, especially on, on like flights and things like that. Um, it's really handy. It's, I've got a little portable one as well. It's, it's small. I've got um, I got hold of one. The first one I got hold of is pretty big. It's almost A5 in size, and it's pretty chunky. Uh, it's it's got all kinds of um, ports on it though. It's you know it's one of these like super multifunctional kind of. Uh, once, but um, then I got an even smaller one than that, and uh, it's about credit card size, maybe a little bit bigger than that. And uh, yeah, it's just really handy, just just like a wireless phone charger, as handy as that. So yeah, I've got a Belkin one which has uh, two outputs on it, which yeah. both give two point four amps, which okay. is uh, not going to give you a fast charge, but it's enough mm. to charge an iPad on yeah. them as well. So that's what I've got about that size. Cool. All right, my next one on the list is um, a subscription to a service called Headspace. And what Headspace is, it's an app which uh, helps you meditate and just basically get into a state of mindfulness. Um, it is subscription-based. You can do monthly or yearly. Um, they've got currently got an offer on where the yearly subscription is down from around £78 to £50. And uh, you can buy this as a gift for someone as well, so it doesn't have to be tied to your email address and um yeah so it's a basically like 10 minutes a day you're supposed to listen to this uh, app and it guides you through um various forms of meditation and breathing and just mindfulness and it's just a it's a good way to sort of kickstart your day before you get into the stresses of work and just get, get you into them into the zone and yeah a bit of peace in your life um i've tried it a few times i haven't got a subscription i've tried their free free account yeah um, you get the first few lessons, uh, sessions, lessons, mm. you get those for free. Um, but it's definitely worth checking out, especially if uh, the person you're buying it for has got 
fairly stress high stress job mm. or you know they do a lot of traveling maybe uh, a lot of commuting they can maybe list it on the commute um and just get them geared up ready for the day yeah, sounds good i'll look into that as well okay next on the list is the polaroid zip mobile printer and uh, these things are pretty cool i've got a well i don't have one my sister has a one of these sort of like re-release polaroid cameras um the digital version of it and they're, they're bloody amazing but that's more than a it's gonna cost more than 100 quid um so this piece of kit is um it's just a little mobile printer um it's probably about the size of like a mobile phone um say the samsung s9 or s10 is about that kind of size maybe a little bit thicker and what it does it allows you to connect to it via bluetooth or nfc and you can you know take your pictures on your phone and then using this piece of kit you can edit your pictures it's got like a little minimum minimal sort of like editing suite built into it and you know you can add emojis to your pictures you can edit them i don't know how far you can go with it but you can do quite a bit and then you can print off your photographs and that's the that's the really cool part of it you know you can you know because these days i was listening to um joe rogan uh a podcast a few weeks ago and he was talking about how we're so into our tech these days that we we once we're gone once humans leave this the planet one and every and humanity is finished there'll be nothing left there'll be no sign that we ever existed and that's the crazy mm. thing you know because everything's yeah. digital everything's stored on in the cloud and on databases and hard drives and things like that but keeping a you know a nice little photograph a physical photograph you know is you know is, is always cool and i've always you know kept photographs of myself when i was a kid I don't know, my parents have kept them. I've got some of myself and even like in my teens and stuff. So I always look back at them and, you know, just remember the good times and things like that. So these kind of kits, there's quite a few out there. And this is the Polaroid one. There's loads of other ones out there, different versions and things. But this one's probably the best of the bunch. Um, and it's fun. You could be out and about. You could be at a party and you can just take pictures and print them out there and then and just hand them out to people. So, you know, nice piece of kit. I'm definitely getting involved in that. And it prints them out onto actual Polaroids. Yeah, yeah, it does it, yeah. Onto actual Polaroids, that's right. So it's yeah, um, nice. definitely worth looking. It's under 100 quid, and that's that's a bloody bargain. Yeah, they're cool. Nice. All right, um, last one we've got on our list is a, a Bento, Bento Stack travel case. Um, basically what this is, is a small case for all of your basically travel peripherals that you might need. So like chargers, cables, um, pens, pencils, and all that sort of stuff. All these little loose bits and bobs that you might need to travel with. Yeah. And, um, you know, the name comes from bento boxes, which are, you know, like a lunchbox, uh, which you use, uh, basically like stacking lunchboxes. So it's basically a, a couple of small cases or one case with lots of different compartments, and they fold up into this nice little compact package. And they've just got lots of little pockets for, for everything that you need, really. Um, so if you've got a person who travelled a lot, uh, this is probably a good idea for them. Yeah, definitely. I'd sort that, and I thought, I'm going to need one of those. Um, main reason is, when I'm travelling anywhere, my stuff's all over the place in my bag. So, you know, it could be my um, USB cable, my, my adapters, you know, earpieces, anything like that. It's just all over the place, and, you know tend to lose stuff like that as well this thing just keeps everything nice and neat and tidy um yeah and you can use it in a desk as well you can you know, when you're at the office 
you can just keep it on your desk and keep everything in one sort of place as well, can't you? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what's a good idea to do with these is to have uh, a kit which you basically don't take the cables out of. Um, you know, so it's a bit of an investment. If you, um, you know, make sure that you've got sort of doubles of your phone chargers, your laptop chargers, your uh, HDMI cables and USB sticks and stuff like that. And you can put them all into this bag, pop it in your wardrobe. And then when you need to travel, just grab the whole bag and it's ready to go. And it's, you don't need to think, oh, I'll have a pack my charger, I'll have a pack the charger for this device and this device. You've got to think about lightning cables, USB-C, USB-A, yeah, God yeah. knows what else. If you've got this little pack of cables ready to go, then uh, off you go. Yeah. yeah. You can stick your little battery pack in there, mm. stick your wireless charger in there as well. Yeah, very handy. Perfect. All righty. I think that's pretty much it on our list. So, um, yeah, we've got quite a few suggestions there. Not your usual stuff that you might think of buying for people, but um, hopefully some some good ideas and some useful ideas and uh, people people in life will probably appreciate these. I know I would if anyone bought any of these for me. So if you're listening out there, mm. hint, hint, I'll yeah. any of these. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. I suppose we don't need to do recommendations this week because the whole show has been... That literally is, yeah. <laughs> um, But is there anything else that you want to mention that's not tech-related or gift-related? Uh, probably not. Um, I'm just been recovering from a cold, and yeah, I've just been really like out of the game over the last week or two. So yeah, don't really have much to talk about in regards to recommendations. I'll add one thing to the list. Um, it's, a, it's a website called Letterboxd, which is the word Letterboxd with a D on the end. And it's, um, it's a, basically it's a movie, movie site where you can um, add, add movies to your watch list uh, and say what you have watched and what you want to watch. You can rate and review and you can see what your friends are watching and what they've watched in the past and you can follow people and you can create lists and all sorts. Um, it's basically like... It's all the it's all the best stuff that you wanted from IMDb, but right. it's in a, a more of a social sort of site. Um, yeah, we can just basically see what your people are watching, what your friends are watching, and tell people what you're watching. Um, it's pretty good. Um, I just signed up for it a couple of weeks ago. I've been adding loads of films to my favorites, and as I've been watching them, I've been adding them as well. Is that free to sign up to, or is it? Yeah, yeah, it's free. There is a paid tier as well, which okay. um, unlocks a few things, but not important really. Um, the pro account, what does it unlock? It gets rid of ads on the website. Right, okay. No big deal. Yeah. Um, and you can uh, personalize your profile in, in a few extra ways. Um, and you can get a few extra filters. Right. But for free, I mean, the site is pretty useful. Um, so, yeah, I've been uh, adding things to my profile as I've been watching them. And then what mm. it does, it creates a diary entry for each time you watch a film. 
Right. And you can also say like if this is the first time you've watched it or if you've seen it in the past. Yeah. And then you can go back and you can see like what have you been watching this month? What have you been watching this year? And then they send you emails every now and then as well to give you a summary of your viewing habits. Yeah, so yeah. It'd be quite interesting. Obviously, I've only been using it for a couple of weeks. So yeah. I think once you've got a six months to a year worth of data in there, it'd be mm. quite interesting to see what your movie watching habits have been like. That is pretty cool because when I was in Marbella, uh, me and my uncle out there, we were having a chat about putting a spreadsheet together and sharing it on like Google Drive, Google Docs and stuff and just putting movies in there once you've seen them and recommend movies and the actors in them and like, you know, taglines and things like that. But this is just literally just solved my problem now. So, you don't need to do it anymore. Yeah, so. forget it. <laughs> yeah. So sign up. It's free. Um, and uh, follow myself and Kay and we'll put our profiles in the show notes and you can see what we've been watching. Cool, man. You can only list your four favourite films though. Oh, okay. Yeah, on your profile. Why is that? Like your all, your all-time favourite films. I don't know, they've just limited it to four for some reason. So you've got to be quite selective with those. Okay. So I'll tell you what mine are. I've got Terminator 2. Yeah. Donnie Brasco. Oh, that's a good film. Yeah. The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. And Predator. Predator? This is the thing, because there's only four. Uh, oh, I you've gone, for, okay. Yeah. I added those four first. But then I've thought about it. And it's like I would, I do want to add some more, but I don't, I don't want to remove these four because these are still four of my favorite so, films. Are you saying the, you, you're only limited to four on? No, the, no, no, no. Oh, this is on your profile. On, these four on your own profile. Right. Okay. It shows what, your favorite films. This is what people which, can see. Which people profile. can see, but okay. it only shows that you can you can only set four, and then below that it shows your viewing activity. Right. And okay. that that is obviously a, a never-ending list. Yeah, but yeah. on your profile, the ones that you want to highlight as your your all-time favorites, it only gives you four. Oh, you got to be bloody careful, then, haven't you? I might have Predator yeah, in my right. top four. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Predator. Brilliant film. First one, you know, the original Arnie film. Get to the no, chopper. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good film, but I just wouldn't put it in my top four or top five. It's, yeah, it's... I might have to change that, but I don't know what to replace it with at the moment. It's got to be something all-time favorite because, like, I watched Joker recently. That was brilliant. Brilliant. I definitely film. put that in. I put that in my favorites, but I don't know if it's my all-time top four favorites. It's it's got to stand the test of time. You've got to watch it a couple of times and then say, yeah, you know what? It's there. It's one of my all-time favorite films. I might change it for Home Alone. Nah, come on, man. <laughs> nah. Home Alone is something you can watch all year round, anytime. Never get tired of it. But it doesn't feel right unless you're watching during Christmas period. That's when it's like, yeah, that is a good film. Okay. Well, seeing as we're in the Christmas period now, everyone go and watch Home Alone. Makes yeah. Makes feel better. It's that time of year. It's probably on TV tomorrow anyway. Yeah, probably is. <laughs> All right, we're good. Anyway, nice that's one. enough for today. Cool. Catch you next time, mate. Yeah, and you. Bye. <laughs>